0: Hey, CrossFit family, Rory McKernan here with Pat Sherwood. This is the Pat and Roe Show. Today, we got a really, really interesting guest about to embark in 70 days from the recording of this show on the World Marathon Challenge. That's seven marathons on seven continents in seven days.
1: I mean, for CrossFitters, just wrapping their head around, I mean, how many people complain when they have to do Helen? You get three 400-meter runs in there, let alone a 5K, the entire gym is vacant. This guy's knocking
0: out a marathon a day. The undertaking just makes my brain hurt. Not to mention that it starts in the continent of Antarctica. He goes to South Africa, Perth, Dubai, Portugal, Colombia, and finishes two hours after the Colombian Marathon. He starts his next marathon, which is in Miami. Again, mind-boggling, but the reason that we found Nick was not because of the World Marathon Challenge. It's because he just started CrossFit in January, and he is a fanatic about it. He's at Industrial Revolution CrossFit. We talk about how CrossFit fit into his training, how he's mentally preparing for this uh, World marathon challenge. And uh, we cover all the bases as, as usual, jumping all over the place. I mean, most people would not, that are unfamiliar with
1: CrossFit, would not be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to knock out 183 miles of running over the course of seven days. Yeah, I think my local CrossFit affiliate is what I need to do to prep for that. But in all actuality, who would have guessed? It's a wonderful preparation, even, even for something as crazy as that. So Nick was a very, uh, just a, a fascinating character to me.
0: Yeah. Enjoy this conversation with Nick. And of course, uh, as promised at the end of the podcast, we will follow up with part two after the race has been completed. But for now, Roe and Pat with Nick Wishart. Nick Wishart, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're happy to have you here. We, we, we know that you're in the CrossFit world, but people are probably curious about um, why we had you on the show, and I'm just going to go quickly through this list of things that might help us start off the explanation. I'll let you take it from there. Seven global stops via private charter, 183.4 miles of running, 25,000 air miles, 58 hours of flying, 59 total finishers worldwide, 15 American competitors, one New England competitor, Zero Rhode Island competitors. That is the World Marathon Challenge by the numbers. Tell me a little bit more about what this is and how you got involved.
1: I mean, People must be breaking down the door to do this.
2: <laughs> a girl from Massachusetts did it, and she actually won the women's race. Oh, really? Yeah. Ex- yep. And she So about a month or two after, well, I guess it was last fall. I called her and started chatting her up about it and she you know she basically hooked me into you know getting me totally psyched to do this she's like you know you've got more than a year from now to train if you you know want to raise money for the trip you can you've got time you could raise money for some charities uh she gave me some good ideas about training um but she just, sold I,
0: you on the she sold you
2: on the dream she did what
0: a good she yes. did
2: she did and i just think that you know i mean i, I love to run but the trout and and the, and, and to travel. And I think the travel part is almost more exciting to me than the running. I think that just going to cool international cities and being on a private plane and you know, meeting people from different places and, um, you know, it's just something that's doable. It's hard, but not impossible.
1: I, I got a, a question for you, which is, I guess just quite frankly, why? You know, why do you want to do it? I mean, the travel, sure, but there's a whole lot uh easier ways. I mean, from what I can understand, seven marathons in seven days, you're not going to get to experience much of the country other than touching down, throwing some food down, stretching and hauling butt and getting back on there. So people would be like, "This, this guy is a madman. Why would you want to do this to your body? So what is your, you know, why? Like, what is in your heart about this thing makes it just so passionate?
2: I, I Again, it's just something about the travel, even if we're only in these cities for 10. You know, the way they do it now with the private plane, we're going to be there more like, you know, 15, 18 hours per stop rather than just little. I mean, it used to be literally land, run, back to the, back to the airport because they flew commercial the first two years. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? And they still pulled this off. It's funny. The race director did this himself um, before he ever he turned this into an event. And he did it in under five days. He basically wow, he flew. He ran 26.2. He went right back to the airport. Um, and obviously he had a good a good logistical map so he could pull it off, but he did it in like four days and twenty two hours. So now he's giving everybody, you know, the idea is seven marathons inside of seven days. And now with the with the plane and it's a bigger plane, you don't have, have any fuel stops. I mean we're gonna be, I know it's you know not a lot of time, but we're gonna be in each city for maybe eighteen hours, 20 hours. So figure if I'm running for four of it. I mean, and my wife's going, hopefully we'll get a chance to go eat check out a few sites, walk around the city, take pictures, you know, it won't be just run, fly.
0: Oh my God. I would see, I would be taking the bulk of that time probably to run. And then immediately afterwards I would have someone bring food to me and I would be sleeping. Um, I don't, I don't think that people grasp me. I'm very interested to get into the nuts and bolts of, of who's supplying the plane and why they're supplying like what, what they get out of it because it seems like it's a very niche, small event. But, um, Will you give just the continents, like, so it's all seven continents, correct? Correct. Including Antarctica. So tell people exact. just give give us the itinerary, and I want to come back to Antarctica, because that blows my mind. Like, I think March of the Penguins, and that's the only thing that happens (laughs) there. Yeah,
2: right, exactly. Uh, We we meet in Cape Town um, to, you know, a couple days of, or at least a day of some briefings and kind of just getting acclimated. Then we fly six hours to Antarctica. It's basically the closest... From Cape Town, it's the closest, you know, we fly to the closest airbase on mainland Antarctica. We don't, th- there have been marathons on those outer islands, but this is okay. the only marathon believed to be on the mainland of Antarctica. So, wow. We fly in to this no believed to be because if, if
0: any other ones happen, the assert the, the not survivors are just buried somewhere in the snow. Exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly right. So we fly to Novo Air Base on Antarctica and on like a smaller, it almost looks like a cargo plane because literally we're landing on ice or snow and oh ice. God. There's no like airstrip or, you know, it's, it's crazy. Um, we get off the plane. We probably spend an hour or two getting getting ready. He gives everybody, you know, eight hours to get the run in. And then you quick shower, you know, there's these little like tents or huts or warming tents or whatever set up there. Um, it's the only time of year when you can go there because it's technically their summer, I guess. It's the only time. The, and there's like it's population 70 in the summer. Um, oh, my God.
1: With their quote unquote summer, is there still, you know, is it snow on the ground? Or what's what are they what's what's the climate temperature conditions? Zero,
2: zero, minus minus, minus zero. Yeah, um, and that's on is this, that,
0: th- th- There's the you know I went to your, your website the the Nick uh, Nick Wishart or d- NickWMC.com mm-hmm. and I saw um, of the quick video there. Are those aerials of the snow? Is that Antarctica?
2: Correct. And actually, we just did a post. If you go to, on Nick Wishart on, on our Facebook page, we just did uh-huh. a post because um there's a running store in Rhode Island that gave me a bunch of cold weather gear, and we actually po- posted a. A, a picture of Novo, and it's just, yeah, it's just completely snowed over, you know,
0: it's just... Get, I mean, you could get stuck there, arguably, right? I correct, mean, like, that's why very... he
2: says that, that's why we go to Cape Town first, because he waits until the weather is good enough on Antarctica ah. for us to get in and get out, because if we're stuck on, on Antarctica for four days, there goes the seven marathons in seven days idea.
1: Right, wow. right, right, right.
2: Okay. And he, really, that's the goal, is to, you know, when he the first couple of years they flew to chile and then they went from chile to a different spot on antarctica but the idea is get somewhere close to antarctica wait for the weather to be you know good enough to fly in run and get and get out because then obviously the rest of the trip you're not you know you're not um dealing with weather
1: quick quick question not to derail you but I, I know you've done a bunch of marathons you know i saw that your best boston was like 2 minutes and 45 seconds but do you have any metric Whatsoever is eight hours to run a marathon in snow in zero degree weather? Is that something you can even gauge, or you're like, oh, that's easy day? I mean, what what's the case?
2: Uh, I mean, I'm just going to take it slow. I mean, I'm I, you know, I'm going to be patient. You can't fight the wind, you know. As, as a, a, that's the main thing. You can't really run head down into the wind. You just have oh. to pace yourself. If it, ta- I mean, I'd like to run all these in four hours or less. But if that one takes me longer. I'm cool with it. I'm just going to, you know, slow, make sure I drink water, even though I'm not going to feel like drinking. And just, you know, just again, the main thing is not to fight the wind.
1: Put on a little chapstick.
2: Oh, they actually say that you (laughs) have to put they say you have to put suntan lotion up your nose because the sun beats off the snow and would give you like. Not only snow blindness if you don't have goggles on, but will burn your nose so bad that you're like done for the rest of the week.
1: So basically, ideal running conditions. Well,
2: exactly, perfect, <laughs> perfect, right? Well, you guys, I mean, have you guys
0: ever read uh, uh, Jim Collins' Good to Great? Yes. And they talk. They out, They outline the concept of the twenty-mile march. That was in Antarctica. That's twenty miles, and they were just saying that's that's what you got to do in a day. You know, well, of course, they were going a longer distance over the course of a longer time. But, dude, these guys are just trying not to die. Yeah. <laughs> Kid, you're gonna go twenty. You're gonna go twenty-six point whatever. In uh, in a clip, man, that's uh, that blows my mind. And and I mean, are you are you postholing? Do you know? Are you wearing snowshoes? No, no, like, no. How, that, how do you... That's
2: another thing. I'm glad you brought that up. It's hard packed snow. It's like crunchy. Okay. It's not. I mean, they are, this same race director holds a marathon on the at the North Pole, which is in like a foot deep. Oh no! And those people take six hours, seven hours, eight hours, nine hours to do it. This is really hard packed, crunchy. It's almost like trail running. Okay. Mm. Not um, you know I'm going to so need, easy your, yeah exactly right I'm going <laughs> to need different shoes than the ones I run on the pavement you know used for running on the pavement but I, it's not it's it's not it's just like trail it, it's trail running it's like running on gravel okay
1: after Antarctica even though you have seven excuse me six continents and six marathons left is there a bit of like whew, okay that one's over I'm out of the woods
2: I don't I don't really think so because I, I think each day it's going to get harder. And the chatter on the plane, you know, it's going to be more quiet on the plane. (laughs) You know, when I used to run marathons, you know, as you get further into the marathon, it just got more quiet and more quiet. All the chitter chatter and the people talking to running buddies, it just it fades away. And all you hear is people breathing. That's sort of what I feel like this is going to be. I mean, the first one's not going to be easy, but I feel like they're going to get harder. My legs are going to get more sore. My back's going to get more sore. Blisters you know, whatever, jet lag, you know, things like, I, I I, don't think it's going to be like, oh, okay, I'm cool. These next six are going to be a breeze. I think it's going to get increasingly, <laughs> plus the rest of them, are, you know, it, it's going to be some hot weather that we're going to get to. I, I think it's going to get harder and harder. So
0: I was going to say, let's get on to location number two, but first I want to explore the dynamic on the plane that you spoke about. What's at stake? Are the are do you care where you finish amongst the rest of the pack? In other words, is there a prize for the best there's overall no, performer?
2: No, there's no like okay. money prize. And there, you know, there is going to be there will be a couple of more elite type athletes doing this. More like the guy who won it last year is like a pro runner, and he did every marathon in about two hours forty five minutes, all of them, all seven, including wow. Yeah, he's he you know he he wins races in the states. So, but I feel like I'm going to be I'd like to finish each day in the top 3rd. If there's 60 people going, I feel like if I can finish in the top 20,
1: well let me tell you as a I'm from Massachusetts. So as a fellow New Englander, you better represent our area of the country well. I <laughs> got <laughs> <laughs> okay, no doubt. I have no doubt about it.
0: Okay, cool. So, so uh, in in essence, it's it's a completion thing. It's getting through the journey almost together. So it's probably some camaraderie, um, and and getting each other through it. Where where do we land after Antarctica? What's our second stop? We go
2: back to Cape Town and we do we do the mar- a marathon in Cape Town. That's number two, and it'll be going from zero degrees on day one to like 80 degrees on day two. So that's gonna be weird. Man. And then then we really crank it up. Then we go to, then a long flight, 12 hours or more over the Indian Ocean to Perth, Australia. Okay. And we run the, I, I, you know, the schedule may change, but at this point it's, it's slated that that run is gonna be at night. So we get into Perth at like eight o'clock at night and start running at like 10 or 11 p.m. Doesn't Stop. matter what time of day it is. Yeah, there's no like, oh we'll go to the hotel and come back tomorrow at noon. There are no hotels.
1: You know, if, wow. if it's night, is that city running or is that in some crazy place, you know, in the outback in Australia with a headlamp on?
2: No, he's uh it's city, boardwalk, okay. water. He, he he keep you know, the race director keeps it really safe. Good. He's also doing loops. It's not like thirteen out and thirteen back it's Gotcha. five or six whatever, four mile loops. So he can keep an eye on everybody, keep us close, keep us near, like, you know, what we need for food and water and all that stuff at a, like a table that's going to be set up. So it's like a, it'll be a lit, like a bike path almost.
1: Gotcha. Okay. OK.
2: And then where is that? So that's Perth. And then a long flight to Dubai. And that – of all the marathons, that's probably the one that scares me the most because it will be well 90 degrees-ish. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tree. There's like not a tree to, to provide – there's no shade for 1,000 miles I don't think. I mean it's crazy. It's it's like also on a boardwalk right along the water and it just looks so sandy and hot and and just
1: oh, – eh. And you're on your fourth
0: marathon by that time in four days. Yes, yeah, so, I mean I'm not joking. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I think that we're. I think we're downplaying that. Is that? Um, I'm not joking. I'd say that for me, completion of a marathon would be a difficult task. Just one. And if we were to do seven, even if I had to walk out of my front door and I got to sleep as long as I wanted to, everything was comfortable and perfect. I ate the meal that I wanted to have, and then I stepped off my front doorstep into the marathon. I still don't think that I could do seven in seven days, right? And yeah, I'm sure I- everyone.
2: But I can't do but. bar muscle-ups.
0: Well. As also,
2: <laughs> and I can't do, like, a ring muscle-up yet. And I can't, you know, some of the stuff that you guys can pull off, I can't do that yet, so. I was also
1: going to say, remember our audience, the CrossFit community, where there's a pretty good chance members of an affiliate, when they wake up in the morning and check the website, if it says run a 5K, they don't go into the class that day <laughs> because 3.1 miles seems completely like a crazy talk to them. And you're knocking out a marathon a day.
2: Those are the ones I love. I actually look for those at the gym to come to because that's the great equalizer for me. I kind of like do what I can inside, get through the, whether it's on the bike or something with the the barbell. And then as soon as we get to the running part, that's when I catch up. So I like
0: that. You're never supposed to confess that, especially if coaches are probably standing around you. Like now they know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, now they know. What you, now they know what you're cherry picking. All right, we, we uh we we you got me to Dubai. What's after Dubai?
2: Uh, Dubai, then we go to so that's number four. Then we go to Lisbon, Portugal, number five. Oh, nice. And, and um, again, I probably more seasonal, maybe a little bit more like f- w- fall weather, you know, fifties or sixties, and sure. then we go to nice Colombia, a little city, Cartagena, Colombia. Gorgeous. Also, maybe
0: spent some time down there. Awesome city.
1: Awesome, awesome city. Yep, it would 100% is.
2: Cool. Yeah, that was that was a late add to the trip. They used to go. I don't know where he used to take people, but that was a late add to the trip. So, we'll do that number six, and then a short flight to Miami, which is also another thing that scares me is we're going to like run run the race, fly two hours, and then run Miami at noon. In, on South Beach, also in whatever 85 degrees, so that's not going to be spaced out by 24 hours at all. It's going to be like two marathons in 18 hours or 20 hours, something crazy like that. My God. Well, and and let's not
1: let's not gloss it over. But I can't speak about those other locations. But Cartagena, Colombia, is 6,500 feet of elevation.
0: Heyo. <laughs> so that's what you've got waiting you, on number ruined- six. You just gave Nick something yeah. else to think about. <laughs> You're over a
1: mile up in the old sky, so that's you. That's going to be. This is an incredible undertaking. The woman that she spoke to on the phone was she like, yeah, I couldn't walk for three weeks after this, or like, you know, what what was her
2: deal? Some people have good legs, you know. She was. I mean, the way she trained is she would do 20, 15, 20, 15, 10. 10, 10. <laughs> that was her weekly training. Routine as she got close to the race. I mean, some people just have the legs for it. I mean, this this um, Mike Wardy and the guy who won it last year. He does like he did a 240 mile race in China. Like it's that's a week long. You just you know run on no sleep. Some of these people just have the legs for it.
1: Well, I mean, do you do you have the legs for? And you said a second ago that you battled a couple injuries. I'm 42. You said that you're 48. I mean, this sounds like it's going to be a pounding for the body. Uh, How do you feel walking into it?
2: Uh, You know, a little nervous, more excited. Um, Again, I feel like even if I had a bad, bad day, I could walk, run and get in and, you know, well under that time if I had some issue. So I've just been I've learned a lot about recovery really. And when I, when I get like, I ran 16 yesterday, 16 today. Um, and after each run, I feel you know pretty lousy, but by the next morning, I feel really good. You know, I used to just be like, a, you know, after a race or a long run, it was just like chicken wings and whatever. Now I'm like paying attention to how much protein I get, what I eat, how much sleep I get, how much water I'm drinking. And it really—it's made a huge difference. And like, like I said, by the time I wake up the next day, I feel, almost you know, ninety, ninety-five percent back to normal. So that's—that's that's what I'm hoping for.
1: Wow. So you are a member of Industrial Revolution CrossFit in good old Pawtucket, Rhode Island, right? And how long have you been doing CrossFit?
2: Just since January, I signed up for this race last November. Oh, wow. I needed to do something else other than just run and somebody had mentioned CrossFit. I, there's like five or six different CrossFit gyms literally within eight or 10 miles of my house. So I went to four different gyms just to like almost, you know, mm-hmm. interview the owner a little bit, you know, sure. to see which one I liked and which one seemed like a good fit. I walked in here. It's, it's owned by a woman named Kelly Kars. I immediately like fell in love with her and the place and the people. I signed up that day. Um, I started like January 2nd and it's been awesome. It's been like almost life changing. I almost enjoy this more than the ru- than the running.
1: Uh, you know let me ask one more question. I don't, I'm, I know Rose chomping at the bit here to speak but my mind is racing. You know I remember back in the day lecturing talking to people who would be sitting in level 1 seminars who were runners and traditionally you know every pound that you gain you need to carry for that marathon or the next marathon. So most marathoners, long distance runners, historically aren't like, I'm going to squat. I'm going to deadlift. I'm going to learn the Olympic lifts, which could potentially put five or 10 pounds on me. That's not what they want to do to keep their mile time fast. How did you have the mindset to be like, no, I need to walk into a CrossFit gym to excel at my running?
2: I I, I actually had put on a few more pounds than I felt good about before I joined. So I wanted to commit I didn't really gain weight. I took like the belly almost literally disappeared within a month of being here because of all the, you know, the the way it's programmed and these, you know, shorter spurts of high intensity work and then a rest rather than just going out for a four mile run and just kind of trotting along. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really worried I was more looking to trim down and I felt like I would and I have. I mean I guess I've gained some muscle, but I went from I basically lost 15 pounds of, of you know, excess
1: unnecessary weight.
2: Right. So, and and if I gained it back in muscle, I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't going to look at that as a bad thing, because again, this is not a race for speed. This is about yeah. being strong, and having the the engine, and um, you know, if I'm whatever 10 pounds heavier, you know, I'm light anyways. I'm only 5'7", 145. Um, so if I was 150 or 155 and it was muscle, I would it would be I would be fine with it. It's I mean, and and
0: in addition to that, it's also about the avoidance of injury. Mm-hmm. And obviously, one thing that's that's heavily focused on in a CrossFit affiliate is moving properly. Um, I'm curious, how would if your coaches who are pr- probably there, if they were to typify like or or kind of tell me what you were like when you first came in and how you are now, H- how would you categorize yourself? Are you, are you a good mover? Did you have a tremendous amount of difficulty just learning an air squat?
2: Uh, I mean, I, everything was hard. I mean, I guess okay. the squatting wasn't the worst thing, but anything involving the barbell was like, ba- i you know, I've got a long, long way to go. Um, that's sort of what I'm, I'm, I'm excited to actually get through this and then dedicate next year to like actually really working on the lifts those movements. I mean, obviously, I, I, I work on them and I participate in those classes. Sure. But, like, I mean, it's just um, – it's been tough. So I would say that I've learned a lot about mobility, flexibility. I stay late after class and stretch and, and work on mobility. My shoulders were really – you know, I couldn't even get my arm over my head much when I started. Huh. And I feel like I'm getting better, but still a long way to go. Um, I mean, I guess I was okay doing a squat, but that was probably about it. Wow. So, uh,
0: so this is really your first crack at strength and conditioning period. It sounds like even as a lifetime, as a runner,
2: I, yeah, I didn't lift any weights whatsoever at all. non zero until 11 months ago.
0: Wow. Because traditionally
1: that was the deal. You were just, you added more volume. That was the running world, right? If you wanted to get better at running, run more, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't going in the gym. So you mentioned what that woman in Massachusetts who won it uh, a couple of years ago, you mentioned what her training volume looked like leading up to that. These days for you, the race is in February. I don't know when this podcast will launch, but as we speak right now, it's November of 2017. How many times are you going to the daily class at your affiliate? And then what's your extra running outside the gym look like?
2: At this, it, it was, you know, all summer, it was it – was three days in the gym, or four almost, and two days of running and a day off. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was more more CrossFit than running it because I knew I had time and I wanted to build slowly. Now I'm sort of cutting back on the CrossFit a little bit and doing more running. So it's a long run on Sunday. Yesterday it was 16. Today's 16. Tomorrow off. That's my one day off is Tuesday. Wednesday I'll take the regular class. Uh, Thursday I'll run 16 again. Friday I'll come into the gym but I'll do uh, like an endurance wad one of the coaches programs a Wednesday it's like an endurance wad for the for the for all the members mm-hmm. basically instead of having it be 45 minutes I've had it had, I've had him make it an hour and a half <laughs>
1: So you're super popular in the gym
2: Well I do it by myself they <laughs> do 45 minute one or the 30 minute <laughs> one and then I come in and during the regular class I do my own thing in the other room I do, it's like it's, it's a combination of running, the bike, the rower, some lifting, some core work, but it's just long. It's like an hour and a half. And then Saturday I take the regular class, and then Sunday I'm back to running. So it's basically three runs, two regular classes, one endurance wad, and a day off.
1: Wow, okay, and when we were chatting, or emailing back and forth I should say, you know, setting up this podcast and learning about you a bit, You wrote in your email, if I have any chance of making it to the finish line, it will be because of CrossFit. Why do you, you know, why do you feel that in a seven day, seven marathon deal, CrossFit, you know, which we generally associate with shorter high intensity workouts is gonna be one of these critical components of your potential success?
2: Well, first I know that I needed the core strength. I knew that I needed to like, be stronger, you know, stronger abs, stronger lower back, stronger, um, more flexibility, which I would not, if I wasn't coming in here, I would just be running, doing like the the typical one minute toes, you know, touch your toes stretch Mm -hmm. and then go. So I'm learning like how to stretch, how to warm up, mobility. um, And I just feel like this place has motivated me so much that like, I'm literally gonna be on the road, like thinking about these people and the, my my, the, my fellow members and the coaches um, like the entire time. And like, I just, it's this, you know, I know CrossFit's all about the community and this place is like that in a, in a, in a huge way. So I just, um, I mean, the support that I've gotten from these people and the love, and I just, I can't, you know, I'm literally gonna be thinking about them the whole time. And I think that when I'm out running a lot by myself, Cause there's only 60 runners, so we're going to spread out. It's going to be a lot of just moments running alone. Um, I'm, I'm, going to be thinking about all my times here, everything people said to encourage me, and you know, almost can't, almost you know, looking forward to getting back.
0: I, I just, um, we, we, sorry, we we bounce around a lot, and I love the, uh, <laughs> I love the focus on the community. Um, but I, what I, I just keep on coming back to, um. What really is motivating for you in terms of why you're doing this? And, and it seems like, um, you know, just looking at your website and looking and listening to you right now, um, there's the obvious reasons. But is this is this like very typical, Nick, this, you know, because this is this is a big, weird <laughs> thing to do. Right. Um, and it's cool. you got a whole community behind you. You've motivated a lot of people. But um, is this stuff like are there is there a laundry list like could I look back at your forty eight years of life and see like, you know that you've also happened to spearfish in Antigua and you've also like you know wrestled alligators in the in the Ozarks or is this why, I why something this now? like
2: this? No, I mean I was always a runner and I ran a few Boston's like I said and I was, I just I I think I got to a point in my life a couple years ago where I sort of lost the motivation to work hard, to work out hard to be in shape and stay in shape. I was more just going out for my short runs, almost like going through the motions. And I, I, you know, I mean, there are other things that I could have gone for that wouldn't have like been as, as, as big or as expensive clearly to motivate me, but I just needed something to like redirect me. And I'm sort of an all or nothing person. I I go from like not eating right and not working out at all to if something, if I can get, if I can flip that switch and get motivated by something I go all in and you know I like I said I saw this on the on TV and I thought it would be a great great way to combine two things that I love the running and the travel and I just I just went you know all in so this is not you know the only thing that will continue when I get back is the crossfit I will not run like this. I don't even think I'll ever, I don't even know if I'll run another marathon. (laughs) I don't think you'll need to. (laughs) I just think that I'm going to go back to, you know, more classes, working on the stuff that I'm not good at in here, going on my short runs, doing running as part of the the wads. And, but no, I'm not like, I'm not an adventure. You know, I haven't like climbed mountains or done anything crazy or, you know, I just, I needed something to, I needed something to, like redirect me. And, and this is what I found.
0: That's amazing. That's, am- and, and I see, um, also like the, some of the messaging that, that you seem uh, to use and latch onto is, uh, for example, the power to inspire or, um, you know, don't, don't, uh, what is the one about challenging your limits? Don't limit your challenges, challenge your limits. Yeah. Um, what, what's success look like for you? Are you doing this for like, you, you keep mentioning the CrossFit community in your box. Is there some sort of, I, I see that you're donating to charities as well. Like what does success look like at the end of these you know this marathon trip, um, literally. What what does success look like?
2: Uh, well, it's getting through it. You know, getting through all seven, finishing all seven, getting to. My, I have a bunch of friends who are going to come meet me in Miami. Getting off the bus for the last marathon in Miami would be big. You know, and not like, oh no, he's in Dubai. You know, curled up in a ball in the hot. You know, right? <laughs> or something. Right. So actually, making it to number seven, getting through all seven, that would be like number one. Um, continuing to raise money to help us pay for the trip and the charities. We have a couple, three local charities that we're really passionate about that, you know, continuing to, and even raising money when we get back, maybe being able to, you know, speak to high school kids or to, uh, to businesses about my, my year adventure training for this and doing this would be, would be fun. And, you know, just making it back in one piece. Making it back yeah. in one piece, raising a little bit of money, and then, you know, being healthy and strong and able to come back in here and, you know, then take, you know, put that aside and really get get busy in here.
1: Nice. Wow. Yeah. You, you mentioned something in one of your bios or whatnot, and potentially it's one of the donations is going to... Was it kids? You said your daughter was in the NICU for a while when she was born. You know what's the what's the story behind that?
2: We we have a two year old who was born a month early, and we, we basically when we decided to do this and raise money for charities, we just all sat down and said let's pick three charities. We picked one of the SPCA because we rescued our dog from the Caribbean. Dude, his name is nice. Dude. That was one. Oh, and after then- the hurricanes. Uh, No, we've had him 10
0: years. Oh, it's a ways. Okay, okay, okay.
2: Um, He, um, so, and then we decided to, we have friends who are passionate about the food bank, which, you know, distributes food to people who need it around Rhode Island. That was number two. And then our two-year-old, who was born a month early, uh, was in the NICU for 10 days. And we just figured that we would, you know, um, you know, in the March of Dimes played a huge role in our,
0: Ah, there she is. Nice. There she she's is. She's two years
2: old. Nice. She's cute. two. She's, she's great. So we just figured the March of Dimes played a big role in our lives at that time. And we were new parents. First time parents. We had no idea what we were doing. We had no idea. what You know, she was only in the NICU for 10 days. And it was just because she was a little early. She was she had there was no real scare mm-hmm. so much. But March of Dimes played a big role. So we figured we would, you know, do what we could to raise money. Some of it would go for the trip. And then we would split split some for those three charities.
1: Wow! I mean, that's a, a an incredible thing you're undertaking for some great causes in the community, outside the community. Um, I'm just I'm one of those odd crosshitters. I actually like running. I'm nowhere in the same league of running as you are with regards to volume or pace. But I I enjoy it. I love it. I, I like going long, and I get lost in my thoughts over the course of a 30-minute run. You know, you said you might think about the community or the, you know, why you're doing it, maybe some of these causes, the people that supported you. But, I mean, over so much running, do you go through some just dark times of self-doubt or my knees hurt? Why am I doing this? And if so, what goes through your mind then to come out the other side?
2: Well, I don't go through those moments too much here because if you start to feel like that, I can just turn around and go home.
1: Right. <laughs> the level of commitment is less.
2: Yeah, right. I mean, literally, like if, especially, or if the weather's bad or if my foot hurts or whatever, just do a, do a U-turn, you know, and I get yeah. back at the house in 20 minutes. But, yeah, when I'm out there, I think it's going to be my main thing is going to be I have a lot of people have heard about this and I like the stakes are high and I have to deliver. I can't, you know, I can't. I have to represent, you know, like you said. So I I think I'm just gonna be really, really patient. I'm not gonna worry about the time. I'm not gonna worry about what I'm missing back home because I'm gonna like, I'm gonna literally shut everything down and be able to go with a clear mind grandparents are going to stay with our, our baby, so we don't need to worry about her. And I can just nice. focus on what, I mean, people have said it from last year. It's kind of a corny thing, but one step at a time, one mm-hmm. quarter mile at a time, one mile at a time. You can't get caught up in, oh my God, I have to do this again tomorrow, or this, I'm only at mile four. You know, you got to like really break it down into super small chunks.
0: I don't think that it's uh, that it's silly at all, the one mile at a time. I actually have a close friend who went through navy seal training uh buds it's called and uh he gave me some some very interesting advice too sure would well, you should tell him tell him about the lunchtime stories or tell him, tell him about uh the most impactful thing that somebody said to you in between evolutions that kind of got you through the next one. Oh man put me on the spot here uh
2: you've been through a lot too man you should know about this mental toughness part <laughs> you like you know
1: yeah a little bit uh you know, it was a, it was a, d- a different week of my life, but it was it was literally you <laughs> couldn't think about the next day. You sure as heck couldn't think about the finish line. I mean, it would if you're having a very bad day, you would just try to make it to the next meal. If it was breakfast, the goal was to make it to lunch, and then you'd reassess at lunch. and And if it was an even worse day day than that, you wouldn't focus on the next meal. You would just focus on whatever the evolution I'm doing is at this time. Let's just finish this evolution then we'll deal with the next one and if it was even worse than that then yeah it was just keep putting one step one foot in front of another and if you keep asking yourself okay this sucks i'm in pain i hate this i hate my life i hate my life choices right now but can i take (laughs) one more step you're like well yeah i don't want to but i can well yeah i don't want to but i can if you do that a million times it's over suddenly it ended and then you know you have the pride of finishing
2: plus how bad can it be i mean look at look at this plane that's the plane. <laughs> That's the plane. Here's the plane. Oh, man. Here's the plane to Antarctica.
1: Oh Dude. wow! Okay, so our listeners at home, there won't be a video component here, but Nick's showing us on his phone the plane he's going to be on, and he—it appears as though he's going to be treated
0: just fine. If you—if you, if you e- email me those photos, and I I'll, will. I'll and make then sure here's the plane. Land.
2: I mean, how, how how bad can that be?
0: I mean, I, it could be terrible. Oh, it's going to stink. Wow, that's amazing. It's going to smell bad. <laughs> people are going to be bad, laid out. But I it mean, I'm never going
2: to be able to go back to JetBlue again, you know? <laughs> so the plane,
1: the plane looks beautiful, no question about that. But is the race itself supported or unsupported? You know, are there little water stops and breaks? Do you have stuff on your back? Or, you know, what's that all about?
2: Well, um, yeah, I mean, it, like because it's looped, mm-hmm. you can come back around every whatever, four miles and get – there's just going to be a big table set up and you can put anything on it you want. I mean, there's going to be energy gels, drinks, Gatorades, food, whatever each person really wants. Some some of which will be provided by mm-hmm. the race director. I'm bringing like freeze-dried camping meals. Okay. That I've because I want to make sure I have what I what I want and not like putting taking chances with like local food, so I'm going to have you know, like mac and cheese, sure breakfast, all you know, just add water kind of So meal. your
1: digestive system isn't having seven different world cuisines in seven days.
2: But again, it's all it's all airplane food anyways, other than what we you know, all the meals pretty much all the meals are on the plane, and he's gonna ask us what we what we prefer. You know, are you a chicken or a fish person or a beef person? He's gonna want to know he's gonna take requests. So it's gonna be a lot of air, you know, airplane food. But I'm bringing as many of these freeze-dried meals as I can squeeze in my bag because I, I um, I just don't want to leave anything to chance. So and I'll have my protein um, powder and all my mixes. I mean, we're bringing. We get my wife and I. My wife's going too. We get two two fifty-pound bags each. So that's a hundred pounds for me, hundred pounds for her. Wow. I told her she can have about. She she gets about seven pounds. <laughs> right and I'm packing the rest. So, I'm bringing like leg massage sleeves from a company called Normatec that you awesome. fill up with air. I'm sure you've seen them. They fill up with air and they like flush lactic lactic acid out of your legs. I'm bringing I'm I'm, I'm packing like I'm, i I will not be I'm, I will not be without something that I need. I'm bringing everything.
1: Yeah. Is yeah, is yeah, that yeah. what you look like? between like any time that you're not running so that your body just doesn't shut down and you can continue doing this physical endeavor should we be expected you're just laying on your back with the boots on and just sucking down a, a power gel or you know what is what is the ideal recovery so that you're not a zombie the next day
2: it's going to be yeah i mean it's going to be um start start the protein start eating get in the leg sleeves right away, get a shower as quickly as I can, walk around. I'm not, not a lot of sitting. People say if you sit, if you sit and you know, if you get go, if you sit for too long, you're going to be in bad shape. And we're going to have eight or 10 hours before we have to be back on the plane. So I should be able to really start the recovery, but it's not going to be what it used to be. Like I said, it used to be chicken wings and Diet mm-hmm. Cokes or whatever, or mm-hmm. beer. Now it's gonna be all these different recovery items so that, and it's, it's working. Cause right now I like finish a run, I feel lousy. I start I start getting the stuff in me. By the next morning, I'm like almost 95% back to the way I was, or almost 100% back. Wow. So when I go out for that next run, the day before is, I mean, just the recovery is is everything.
0: God, the, you know, the irony for me is that like, this would be the seven days of my life where I was just crushing chicken wings and probably milkshakes. <laughs> I would bring bonbons. Like you're going to be so hungry. That's crazy. Like I get on an airplane and I get that, that mentality where I'm like, dude, well, what if we never land? Like, what if we land on a desert Island somewhere? Like I'll just eat everything they give me, you know, like I never eat peanuts. I'm like, yeah, give me the peanuts. I never eat like, you know, cookies or whatever. And I'm just like, give it all to me. So I would be bringing a <laughs> tremendous, a tremendous amount of food.
2: And I'll sleep my, a lot. Long flights, see, I yeah. sleep pretty well on planes, and I' obviously I'll be tired and the seats are gonna be plenty comfortable. So hopefully I'll get good amount, you know, hopefully I'll get a lot of sleep every day.
0: Yeah, yeah. and now uh, God bless my wife is the most amazing, most beautiful woman in the world. But I would tell this to her face. I, she would not be my plus one if I got plus one. It would be like <laughs> it, it would it would be like a body worker or someone who could like fix my a dirty, nasty, calloused feet or you know like blisters or whatever. Like, is your wife on board? Is she like a coddler? Is she gonna help out? Would you want to see Nick? her
2: face though? I mean, what face do you want to see every every time you come around when you're when you're you know every I loop mean, around?
0: I, I, I mean, I've been around, I've been away for seven days
2: before. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna do everything. Um, She's going to do a lot. First of all, a lot of like posting videos and taking photos cool. and doing all that. But yeah, she's gonna, she's actually going to come. I, I get massages every week on Tuesday. She's actually going to come and kind of get a few tips from the guests. That's what get I'm you talking massages, about. Massages, right? So That's she's going to be able to that stuff. She's going to be all over like the blister band aids. She's going to be all over the helping me with the food, getting the food ready. I mean, she's going to do. And people I've talked to who've done this before are like you're going to love having her there because you get nice. lots of you get, yeah, you get me, you get, you know, you know, I need a familiar shoulder to cry on, you know, no doubt,
0: no doubt. You go to, yeah, you, I'm sure you go to the dark places. This is going to seem like a random thought, but, um, you like you've got, um, basically beneficiaries who you're hoping that, um, you, you'll raise money for. I, it's, it's blowing my mind, like where the money is in this, um, in this race like like are there is there one huge sponsor like is this brought to you by Doritos or what what how does this thing even make money like how do you fly a plane right. around the world
2: It's brought to you by charging everybody 40 grand ahead
0: Ooh, Oh there it is. Okay. Wow. Cool. Okay. All right. So 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 anything beyond that that you raise you can give to charity or you could do whatever you chose to do with it. Correct. But we paid for the trip. You got to molly up 40000 and that's it. Correct. And
2: all he basically says on the website is just make sure you, you go, that you're in physical, uh, good enough physical shape to get through this. He does. There's no qualifying. There's no selection.
1: You just have to be crazy enough and well-funded.
2: <laughs> Correct. It's just the first <laughs> people who come up with the money. Exactly. Okay. Wow. How many people will show up, you think? He's got 60 going this year, so 60 times 40. Wow. Pl- for plus, he's going to have he's going to sell seats on the plane to people who just want to come, like, spectator seats. No I don't way. Think they're gonna, he's not going to charge them 40 grand, but he's going to yeah. charge them some amount. But, yeah, so, I mean, there's this couple million bucks in the pot there, and I think he probably got a good deal on the plane because he's, like, a well-known... I mean, the guy who's direct, who, the race director, he's run across the U.S. He's run across okay. South America. Okay. He is a big, like, adventure runner. He's from Ireland. So I think he probably got a good deal on the, on the, on the plane. Um, but, yeah, just, you know.
1: What a fascinating, fascinating undertaking. Um, and the one thing I wanted to ask earlier, I, did, I forgot about it, and I saw my notes here, and I want to circle back to it just real quick, just because CrossFitters love numbers. And so you said these days a lot of your training runs are 16 miles, which, which just right there terrified and lost half the audience. But I'm curious, when you go out for one of your normal training runs, a 16-miler, what's your average pace per mile?
2: pretty slow like 820 830
1: <laughs> that's rose top speed right there
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is it is
0: <laughs> oh for a 16 I ran, I ran a. a um, we did a marathon as a six person team here at the, the Big Sur Marathon I rode the, I did the anchor leg the, the nine mile portion of it and it was the most embarrassing <laughs> thing of my life because you can't hide that you're on a relay team because you have to run with a baton Yeah. so here I am running with a baton and then here's everybody like on, on mile 26 just Smoking me like running past everybody's me. got so this I fi- thing Again, i found a way, I I found a way do... to hide my hide my baton up into my sleeve and just sort of <laughs> <run like that. laughs>
2: so yeah i try to keep it in the i mean i don't want to overdo the. i don't want to like i don't want to overheat the engine really so i run really so that my breathing is really super comfortable um i mean my legs start to hurt after a while but um i i can be in that 8 10 8, 20, 8 30 range and feel really No, I don't know what it's going to be on day three, four, five, six, whatever, but that's about the pace, you know? So the 16 mile run took me like two hours and 10, you know, something, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, something like that. Wow. I mean,
0: that's, that's phenomenal. What, um, when you, when you're not doing this, when you're not in the CrossFit gym, when you're not running, um, who are you? Like, what, what do you do professionally?
2: Uh, I'm an appraiser. I do bank appraisals. So I get to work from home, which is great. Um, Busy with that. Busy trying to help my wife raise this child. She does, like, so much of it, and I, you know, I do, you know, I'll get back into doing more when I get when we get back from this trip, but sure. busy with that. I've got w- family here, um, you know, a couple sets of parents that we see a lot, and my buddies, and just really busy with work. And now this has become, like, a part-time job. Right, yeah. Like a three-hour-a-day, three-and-a-half-hour-a-day thing, but basically working a lot of hours, doing appraisals and helping my wife when I can and, you know, keeping the lawn guy in check and keeping the, uh, keeping the cars up to date with all that stuff. And just, I do, you know, I do a lot of stuff around the house so she can focus on the child and, 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 you know, her job. Nice.
0: Well, I think it's, I think it's very fair to say that this is going to be part one because I can't wait to hear. Right. I, maybe you can, maybe you can even check in with us like during one of these crazy I would locations. Love to. I, I want to hear about that. That
1: would be absolutely insane for people that are fired up after hearing this and just want to follow your journey or check in on the race. Can they do that? And if so, how?
2: Yeah. I mean, Facebook's the best place. Um, the world marathon challenge Facebook page is going does tons of updates during the race with photos and, you know, basically updating the page throughout the day of who's finished and what their times are and where we're off to next. And then my page, Nick Wishart WMC 2018, we will update that as much as we can throughout the trip. But for like really consistent updates on just how everyone's doing in photos, I would go to the World Marathon page. And okay. then for more personal stuff on me and, you know, my antics and how we're, how I'm making out personally through the trip would be would be my page that's
0: gotcha. the best place to go. Awesome. Okay, cool. Well, we'll, we'll definitely be following along. And like I said, I cannot wait for uh, version two of this, where we talk about how the experience actually oh, was. Yeah. I'm going to, ch- I'm going to challenge you with, um, I'm interested to hear about what mental preparation looks like. Um, when we, when we meet back up, I want to hear how you mentally prep between now and then, and then how it paid off in that, in those long runs. Um, but it's been really, really fascinating talking to you, my friend.
2: Cool, man, I really I'm flattered that you guys are interested in this. And uh, I wrote to Greg. I tried to find an email address for him. I just wanted him to know how, like, important CrossFit has become to me. It's, you know, it's like kind of corny, maybe, but it's like really like changed. You know, you guys know it's like changed the way I think and the way I act and just changed a lot about me. And I I look forward to having a long, you know, I hope I'm doing deadlifts when I'm 80. Hey, nice. I'm right there
1: with you. And Nick, quite frankly, you're just the quintessential reason as to why we started this podcast. The community is full of interesting individuals doing amazing things all over the globe. And we just want to learn about them. So thank you for your time and your story.
0: Hey and you ask uh you ask the organizer if he's got two extra seats. I'm not going to pay 40 grand for it, but I'll come along. I'll come along and be a spectator.
2: I'll let you know, man. I'll send you an email. He does have some seats to sell. i will be curious to know what they're going for, but I'll let you know. I'll stay in touch with through email.
0: Okay. Outstanding. And and I did forward your email on to Coach Glassman as well. So, he's a busy man, but hopefully he got that and, and checked it and I'm sure I'm sure that it was close to his heart. I appreciate it, you guys. Good luck, Nick. Okay, brother. Have Thanks, a great day. Thanks, guys. Nick. Okay, buddy. Take care.
2: Bye-bye.